The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Hello and welcome to the Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool-headed, nuanced conversations of the tech world and beyond. Well, former President Donald Trump is staying off Facebook. The Facebook Oversight Board, a group of independent folks the company assembled to have final say on some content decisions, announced today they are upholding Facebook's indefinite suspension of Trump with some caveats. Joining us today in an emergency podcast, the day of the decision, is Julie Owano a member of the Oversight Board and the Executive Director of Internet Without Borders. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to have you here. Monumental day, of course, for the organization that you're involved with. How has the feedback to the board members been today now that you've decided to uphold the ban? Have you been concerned about getting hate mail? Is your inbox overflowing or has it been fairly quiet? (laughs) Well, uh, Thankfully, so far, at least in my case, I haven't spoken to my other colleagues yet, but um, I haven't received hate mails yet, But uh, w- which I'm happy because it probably means that uh, the decision that was reached was quite fair and and quite clear to, to everyone, no matter what board, I mean, what, what position you have on, on the matter. What I'm really happy is that the conversation, of course, is about the former president of the United States, but there also there's also great interest in in how this can impact other world leaders, other influential voices on social media platforms, and particularly on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, and, and and yes, also what it means for regular users. Basically, you know what 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 should they expect from a company like like Facebook and Instagram, and what we think is that they should expect expect transparency. They should expect uh, clarity in the rules. They should expect that the rules are applied mm-hmm. the same way to everyone and not right. in an in arbitrary way. Yeah. And, and so um, just to start off with the decision, instead of just saying, okay, this is what the board rules and that's that, you sort of punted it back to Facebook. There was a pretty remarkable line in the initial summary uh, where the board said, in applying a vague standardless penalty and then referring this case to the board, I guess the vague standardless penalty is the indefinite suspension of Trump, and then referring this case to the board to resolve, Facebook seeks to avoid its responsibilities. The board declines Facebook's request and insists Facebook apply and justify a defined penalty. So essentially what that means is indefinite suspension is upheld for the time being, but the board wants some more you know, action from Facebook. Whether it's able to compel Facebook to take some more action is, I think, still a question mark. We can get into that. Um, but how did you arrive on this decision? Because the whole point was folks were uncomfortable with the power that Facebook held. So now the board is saying it's... Anyway, I'm curious what your, th- your thought is on, on this all, all this stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, our mandate is to you know, make binding decisions on cases as they are presented to us. What was presented to us was an indefinite suspension of the, 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 the those two pages. Um, 
but we have to decide the two not pages being what we believe it's right the two pages of the former president sorry the two pages on facebook mm -hmm. and on instagram um what we decide is based on Facebook community standards, which are basically Facebook's rules, uh, those rules did not provide such penalty um, because such penalty, in our opinion, in our analysis, uh, was open door to arbitrary, which we obviously don't want. Uh, and in addition to uh, making rules on, I mean, making decisions on uh, based on Facebook's rule, we also make those decisions based on international human rights principles and standards. And one of the principles when uh, an entity wants to censor, because that's what we're talking about, you know, when we, you limit freedom of expression, you censor. Well, to do that, you need to do so based on clear and existing rules. This was not the case here. So there was no way we could endorse and say, you made the right call to indefinitely suspend. Because this is not only about the President Trump. This could be someone else tomorrow, uh, you know, who has, who sees themselves applied a rule out of nowhere. And uh, we obviously don't want that. So that's why we told Facebook, you should make uh, a re-examination, the right call based on existing rules. And uh, we also provide guidance on what, those existing rules could look like. So that's why we also gave six months to Facebook to do uh, this re-examination in order for the company to have time to take into account our recommendations should the company uh, see them, uh, well, fit for, for the case and for, for its policies in general. Before we jump into these, uh, yes. I, I just want to ask, like, it's pretty remarkable, um, again, going back to the decision, like, we'll get to the recommendations, but I want to talk particularly about the way that you came to this choice. Um, the fact that like, because for a long time, Facebook was like, you know, Trump is held as the president and there's a newsworthy standard and he's held above, you know, what most other users are, would be judged on because he is the president. This is newsworthy and we don't want to remove that content based off of our uh, content from our platform. Then, of course, the January 6th riots happen. Facebook says, you know, Donald Trump encouraged these things and then suspends him indefinitely, which I think you're pointing out here isn't exactly in the rule book. Did it strike you that the decision to bend Trump indefinitely was essentially, you know, a Mark Zuckerberg decision? Was that what you guys were pointing at? It was part of the discussion. I mean, we we all, you know, read that, that post on January the 7th on the, the, the company CEO. And uh, yes, we, we, we felt that it was not, if it wasn't in the, in the community standards, if it wasn't in the terms of service of the company, then it shouldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't even be a, a debate about that, in my opinion. Um, so yes, what we're telling Mark Zuckerberg and, and, and other, you know, leadership, leadership at the company is that, Yes, you're asking us to help you, basically, uh, restore, I, I think we could almost call it rule of law, basically, which is, yes, people have to be aware mm -hmm. what they can and cannot do. And you have to be able to explain yourself and you have to be open to be hel held accountable when you're doing, you're not doing it right, because it has implications beyond just you know, you, Mark Zuckerberg, or whoever else at the company, it has implication for potentially 2.8 billion people, I think, uh, everywhere in the world. So, yes, it, there's no way this can rest only on your shoulders. Uh, and there are ways for it not to rest only on your shoulders. And this, these ways are clearly and deeply rooted in principles that 
the whole humanity has agreed to uphold. How did it feel when the board ended up getting this opportunity to decide whether the ban should be upheld or not? Because from my understanding, your purview was, um, you know, allowing people or allowing cases to be appealed to you when Facebook takes stuff down. And should you put it back up like a post or a piece of content? But now it was an account and not just any account, but the account of the former president mm-hmm. of the United States uh, to be to be put on. So just em- emotionally first, like, you know, how did it feel to to get handed this case um, that like, oh, wait a second, I just signed up to this board. You know, maybe we're going to be doing some content decisions here or there. And now essentially you're held, you're handed the biggest, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but what seems like the biggest decision, content moderation decision in social media history. So how did that feel to you? Wow. It felt uh, like a huge responsibility. Um, and that's why I think we, we needed this time um, to, yes, uh, make sure we're not missing anything in this case. Uh, and also that we're reading all the 9,000 plus public comments that have been submitted. So um, it was, it, it's a huge responsibility. Um, but I, I really hope that in this ter- uh, quite unknown territory of how should companies like Facebook and Instagram, uh, should, how should they handle speech by powerful figures in the world that includes elected public officials in, in, in countries, in powerful countries such as the United States. Well, how should they, or others, how should they treat their speech uh, and the right of users, other users on the platform? And um, yes, I, I, I'm very personally very happy that what guided most of our discussion, all of them actually, was really, yes, how... How does this protect freedom of expression and, and the rights of others? And it wasn't a, it wasn't a very easy question, but um, I personally have learned a lot <laughs> in this in this cycle of, mm-hmm. of uh, deliberations. And uh, yes, hopefully we've come up with something that's deeply rooted in in those principles. Yes. Yeah, and and so how did. You and the fellow members, uh, did you do you have like a WhatsApp group or like when you first got uh, word that um, it would be the Trump decision that you were going to handle? I guess you get a decision whether to accept it or not. Um, yes. What were what was the chatter like among you in the beginning? Like whether we should or we shouldn't take it. Take us back there. So there is a uh, how do you call it a case committee, case selection committee. Um, that's composed on a, that that meets on a rolling basis, and that's composed of I think five board members. And uh, well, I, I think that the, the committee just just met, and we we received an email, an urgent email, saying that yes, we have. A, Are you on that committee? Uh, I can't answer that uh, for reasons related to impartiality and uh, protecting members from potential lobbying. Uh, but I, w- I will at some point. I mean, every every member sits at that on on that committee at some point since it's on a rolling basis. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we receive a, an email saying that we have an emergency meeting, uh, the whole board to discuss a case. And yes, that's 
that's how it happened. <laughs> and do you know why they decided to take it? Our rationale for taking cases is usually taking cases that have implications beyond the individual uh, user that's concerned, who's concerned, sorry. And mm -hmm. um, we also uh, took the case because it had policy implications, including related to political leaders, how their speech should be treated on the platform. Uh, it had policy implications that were, yes, extremely important to deal with. So I think these are the two two main reasons for us yeah. accepting this case. And then what do the deliberations look like once you decide that you want to take the case? Like there aren't lawyers or, you know, a presentation of arguments. So is it just like everybody gets together on a Zoom call? Like what is the what does it actually look like when you make a decision like this? Yes, given the current circumstances, everything is virtual. What happens is there are several deliberations meeting, depending on the complexity of the case, it could go from three to more if the case is complicated. And uh, usually the first meeting is to familiarize ourselves with the case uh, and the, the documents that we have forward. So you, in this case, it was the referral by Facebook, reading its rationale for referring the case. And after that meeting, uh, if as board members, we feel like we need additional information, which we obviously did in this case, uh, we can request uh, some political background big briefing, policy background briefing. Um, and also, yeah, we have a public comments period that allows people to tell us what we should do, what they think we should do in this case. Um, yes. And Basically, and we also have the possibility to ask questions to Facebook, which we did. Uh, we asked 46 questions and Facebook did not answer all of them, as mm -hmm. you've seen. Um, and yes, after that, we just deliberate based on the, all the elements that we have requested and, we, and that we have forward. And yes, we, we reach a decision based on that. And what did those deliberations look like? Uh, so I know you got a statement from Trump uh, or from the Trump camp saying, hey, I should be let back on. Um, now the deliberations, are they like, you know, Zoom meetings where, um, you know, people argue for different sides? What were the, and I'm curious, like, what were the options that you were considering before you landed on this one? So I, I can give you know, very detailed of what was discussed. Um, but what I can say... Sorry, but why not give some some detailed decisions, detailed information about I'm what sorry? was discussed? Because at the end of the day, like the whole... I was going to say, you know, why not give some of these? Because at the end of the day, like the whole... I mean, there's no real rule that's going to limit the board being transparent about what happened in there. And I think that like, as the public decide, tries to decide this, you know, I think that like... It would be a good thing if you shared as much as you could about what actually happened inside these rooms and what options were considered. Uh, of course, of, of course, uh, the board is is willing and, and has always been uh, very transparent on how on how it operates. Uh, we will have, uh, I believe, uh, a report out on, you know, in, in, in what, how, how this case was possible, what happened. Uh, and we also have, as you've seen in the decision, uh, detailed information on uh, the deliberations and particularly the minority op uh, opinions 
uh, that were expressed by some some board members. Um, but I mean, what I can what I can say is that of course the discussions were were th- th- there are different opinions on the boards, right? Um, there there are people mm-hmm. with different backgrounds. Uh, but what I, again, what I found extremely encouraging is that we are able, and we've we've shown that in the past that we're able to set aside whatever we think on uh, the you know the, the persons, the issues involved, and look at all this, uh, uh, taking a bit of perspective and looking at all this with the with the lens of yeah, is it is it is it is it grounded in principles is it principled and uh but yes we did mm-hmm. have strong arguments uh we did have discussions on whether or not before letting the former president back on should the company decide to do so following its reassessment um well should the company ask the the, the former president to refrain from claiming uh yeah again that the election the 2020 election was not was not fair um, there were discussions on should we talk about the shooting and looting publication and how and does that even mm-hmm. play into our decision? Uh, yeah, should we look at the the history? And what I find fascinating, what I found fascinating with this case is that I, I think for the first time we really had a very thorough history of an account of what happened on an account. And uh, yes, it it. it it, it was important. It, it's important because it gives context. And that's what we always tell in our decisions is that these companies and particularly Facebook and Instagram cannot make those dis- those important decisions without taking in the, into account the context. Yeah. And now what, what were the arguments? Now, you know, I, I know we're, we're reticent to compare this board to the Supreme Court, but uh, at least with the Supreme Court, we get to watch the arguments. This what the your deliberations weren't open to the public. So, Julie, like you're our window into this whole situation. So, can you share a little bit more about what the arguments were back and forth? So, in this in the statement from from the user, so from the the, the legal team that represented former President Mr. Trump, uh, they argued that the board should look at this case through the lens of U.S. law and U.S. constitutional law, particularly in the First Amendment, more specifically. Um, so we did have internally a discussion, not on applying the law itself, because our mandate completely prevents us, I mean, just, does not mm-hmm. allow us to do so. And I think that's great because uh, not all laws around the world are, you know, like I said, like in the U.S. So um, we we did have discussions on to what extent we should reference the First Amendment in our decision. Uh, mainly the, the the concern was to make sure that the American audience uh, that would read it would, you know, be able to make parallels with the First Amendment and, and, and how it is applied in the U.S. Um, we chose not to focus too much. I mean, we did mention at some point that there are resemblances. And I think my, my colleague, Michael McConnell, has in interviews explained that there are concepts that are quite similar between freedom of expression as it is understood in the international law and First Amendment. Um, but we, we chose not to focus too much on that because, again, this decision is not only about President Trump. It's about other influential 
users too who could be concerned uh, if they, they have a similar case. And if we focus too much on a specific law, then tomorrow, I don't know, I don't know, uh, whoever else, whoever other world leaders could ask us, I want you to base your decision on and to reference my law into, into your decision, which would have made things very complicated. What were the arguments like inside the board for people who were interested in restoring Trump's account? What did they say? Well, most of the arguments uh, for those who, who thought um, a reinstatement would be, would be fair, given the fact that, again, indefinite is not a, a penalty that's provided by the community standards. Well, for them, mostly it was about protecting political speech and particularly protecting the ability of citizens to access um, speech by their politicians. Uh, yeah. Um, but I would say most of the conversation was not focused per se on should he be back or not. I think it was mostly focused on was the penalty applied here provided by the community standards. And once we quickly saw that, no, um, well, we had to discuss then what, what should be done. And that's, uh, that's why we, we came up with, you know, the current solution that we offered, which is, um, yes, re re reassessing, but reassessing it with in mind the severity of the violation that happened and also with in mind the potential for future harms. This should really guide the, the, this reassessment by Facebook. And, and I understand that there was a, um, an, an, an agreement that it was, wasn't as simple as saying, should we uphold or, you know, or turn away this ban? Uh, but like, there must've been a decision, you know, we're going to kick it back to Facebook in the meantime, should we uphold or should we um, remove this ban? So why uphold versus remove? That that's a, a very a very great and complicated tough question. I think it's before making a decision on whether the account should be put back up. I mean, the page should be sorry. The access to the page should be restored because that's what it's about. Um, mm -hmm. it, like we say, a lot of things rely on context, and there were a lot of elements here. Um, that we feel we're lacking to allow a fair decision and, 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 and clear decision to be made. Uh, what is this context? Well, for instance, uh, the potential for future harms, which we referenced in our, uh, you know, in our decision. But also beyond that, uh, we, we've made a recommendation asking the company to assess whether or not its platform had been used uh, improperly prior to January 6th and, you know, had contributed to what happened to January the 6th. Um, and also, of course, there's the history of the page, uh, which we also asked the company to take into account in, uh, when it makes this reassessment and particularly focusing on the severity of the violations. So, um, yes, I, I would say... The, the con there was a lot of context and there is still a lot of context that that's missing. And that's what we're telling the company. You cannot make such an important decision 
without having the necessary and, and, and you know, accurate context available to decide. Mm-hmm. And so were there people in the oversight board who were like, let's put Trump back on until we can figure this stuff out? Or was it somewhat unanimous that he should be kept off until Facebook makes this decision? I mean, there were we were unanimous that if a law, a regulation, a rule, a standard, no matter how you call it, is not clear, then it 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 should it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be used to justify a decision. That's I guess what we all agreed on, um, and that's why we're making recommendations on how to make those those rules mm-hmm. more uh, clear to the user and I, I really insist on this because um the yeah. issue yes of course reinstating not restating is of course of prime importance but i think we should no- not lose sight of the fairness of the decision we come up with you know uh yeah. some people in france attribute a quote to uh, the, the writer Voltaire and said, uh, I don't agree with you, but uh, I, I will defend, you know, your freedom of expression. I think we should also apply this to ourselves here. You know, we might not agree with everything that this page has been writing and publishing, but there are principles that go beyond our personal beliefs and we should uphold these principles no matter what. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, I'm in asking these questions, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not being prescriptive here. I'm not saying the board should have put Trump back on. I'm just kind of curious, you know, again, if the rule, I'm just kind of, I want to get into your thinking a little bit more because if the rule was, um, you know, unclear and he was banned and the ban was upheld and it seems like a lot of people on the board are interested in free expression. Then why still? And, and it did seem like, at least in your language, there was some agreement that Trump should have been banned. Then why still keep that ban in place? Uh, was there a feeling that it, you know, that it was fair? And also, you you mentioned that everybody was unanimous on were on your outcome. Uh, there was were well anyway. Let's get into that too. Like, was that were there any like you you guys voted on it, and were there any no votes to the resolution or anyway? Tackle those in whatever order you like. I'm curious. Um, so the the decision is adopted as soon as there is a majority. So there was a majority in favor of this decision. I personally do not have, as we're speaking, uh, the detail of the vote. Uh, I suspect this should be available to us very mm-hmm. soon, and I also uh, hope it will also be explained later on uh, to the public. But um, what 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 what's I, what I find very uh, interesting here is that um, that that there were harsh. Honestly, uh, there were discussions on the the the. Yes, on what it me- whether or not we should actually substitute ourselves. That was talked about. I mean, substitute ourselves to Facebook. I mean, uh, to to tell what should have been the right call in this case. I mean, put ourselves in the shoes of the company basically and say, okay, we're going to place ourselves back to January the seventh and say what should have been done. 
there were discussions on that. There were also, but I, ultimately, uh, what I think is interesting is that we are building a a process, really, and uh, to build mm-hmm. that process, it's it's important to have these moments where, yes, you set the principles and yes, you apply them. And then, yes, that's how the, that's how clear, transparent, consistent rules are, are created, I think, uh, in a, in, in this, in this dialogue, I hope, really. Yeah. And now, um, were, were there, was there any discussion among board members about like, what the consequences would be like personally if you reinstated Trump, like, or sort of, I'm curious, like, you know, if people were concerned about like blowback in their communities, if they voted to reinstate him on, on the service. There were concerns, uh, for personal safety. Yes, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. N- n- actually no matter the, the outcome, because, you know, not everybody, <laughs> I mean, th- there will always be something to say about this decision, right? No matter where you stand. So, yes, there have been concerns about the the safety of um, board members, and uh, I-, I really would mm-hmm. like to take this opportunity to to really thank our administration, who has been r- relentlessly mm-hmm. working to make sure that we're, you know, in a position to make this decision without fearing for our safety. So, um, but I wouldn't say this has prevented us from having the hard discussions and, you know, making the decisions. Uh, yes, I, I don't think it has really prevented us from doing our, our work. I mean, it hasn't yeah. prevented me. Because, you know, Zucker... Doing it. No, it's brave of you to, to... I mean, look, there's a lot of... We've talked about it on this show in the past. Like, there's a lot of, you know... Uh, elements that goes into joining a board like this it's not a straightforward thing but it's also somewhat brave i mean mark zuckerberg has lots of uh, personal security i don't know if facebook is paying for that for you and and the board so it is uh it is a brave position to be in to say okay let's let's go ahead and so, be part of this yes no there is a, a budget for our security uh that's provided in the you know the seed funding can we call it that <laughs> uh, for the for the operations of right. the board that that was uh, uh, given through a trust by facebook so concern over safety are you know a priority but really it's not like you have yeah. like a secret service set of bodyguards that are standing outside your door <laughs> after a day like today no we there have are a number of guards we have a we have a very responsive security team, and yes, the the threats are okay. being taken care of as soon as they arise. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, like the reason, and I know I've asked you about this a couple of times in our discussion, but it is sort of it gets to the heart of this, which is you know, the, which the board's explicitly told Facebook, like you can't you know make a decision outside the rules, and then use the board to shield yourself from accountability and you know that acute that that goes to the fact that you know you are again putting your safety on the line in some way in order to be i mean zuckerberg spends millions of dollars a year on security i believe so um he does anyway uh the last thing we should talk about is the fact that you've asked the board has asked facebook to come up with a better decision (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and a better policy and get back to the board, I think within six weeks, 
Is that right? Six months. Oh, sorry. Six months. Okay, so. Three three things, actually. So they have seven days to implement the decision. So in this case, they have seven days to say when they're going to re-examine the case of a minute's decision. Mm -hmm. The second thing is they have 30 days to respond to the policy recommendations, which are separate from the binding decision. So we have made policy recommendations and Facebook has to respond within 30 days. And within six months, Facebook must come Mm -hmm. up with its new decision on this case based on uh, the decision that we've shared with them. Yeah. And so from my understanding, the board uh, can make its decision on content choices and then policy recommendations and everything else after that is up to Facebook. So can you compel Facebook to make a new decision within six months or can Facebook just say, well, that's nice. You know, the board made its decision. You know, we're not compelled by the charter that we set up to actually go ahead and do anything else. And that's the end of the discussion. No, Facebook is bound by the decision on the case. So if we say Mm -hmm. you have to reassess within six months, they have to reassess within six months because that's part of the binding decision. That's the binding part of the decision. Um, Now, of course, like you rightly said, uh, we don't have, you know, a force to have Facebook to make sure that Facebook enforces our decision. That is true. But I think from a moral perspective um, and also to show its commitment to human rights, like the company has, you know, announced very recently and has repeated in the past years, well, to show that it has really, it is is really committed to protecting freedom of expression. um, I think, yes, that the ball is on, on their side now and, and, and to show that Yes, this this matters to them. I do think it does. Otherwise, uh, they could have not sent this case in the first place because, like you rightly said at the beginning, this is not the type of cases we were initially created to look at. Um, But I'm really confident that the decision that we came up with offers enough guidance Sorry, to the company and to help it make the most principled decision uh, in this very complex case. I I didn't realize that it could be a decision could be binding where you can punt the decision back to Facebook, but I guess that's part of the board's man, the board's remit. No, it's part of our remit. We were asked uh, about the indefinite suspension and we said, it's not, I mean, the suspension was right, but the indefinite is not right. You have to reassess this. So this Mm -hmm. is absolutely binding. Um, uh, What I can say also is, what, what we see with the board is also its agility. Like I said, we were not supposed to look at account suspensions. Now we are able to do so. And it really speaks to how much I think the company does need this type of guidance. Um, and, and that's why yeah. they, they were so eager to, to send this case, for instance, because uh, they, they need the guidance and we're, we're, we're here to provide it. Right. And I'm, I think I'm generally in favor of this idea of the board. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to take a long time, I think, to, to get it completely right. There has been discussion that the board can't really get to like the core issues of what's wrong with Facebook. And it's mostly just like making content decisions. And that's why I think the questions that you asked Facebook that Facebook didn't answer are so interesting. Uh, and 
Okay, so I'm just going to read. Okay, in this case, the board asked Facebook 46 questions and Facebook declined to answer seven entirely and two partially. The questions that Facebook did not answer included questions about how Facebook's newsfeed and other features impacted the visibility of Mr. Trump's content and whether Facebook had researched or plans to research those designs, those design decisions in relations to the event of January 6, 2021 and information about violating content from followers of Mr. Trump's account. The board also asked questions related to the suspension of other political figures and removal of other content, whether Facebook had been contacted by political office holders or their staff about the suspension of Mr. Trump's account, and whether account suspension or deletion impacts the ability of advertisers to target the accounts of followers. Facebook stated that this information was not reasonably required for decision-making in accordance with the intent of the charter, was not technically feasible to provide, was covered by attorney-client privilege, and or could not be shared or provided because of legal privacy, safety, or data protection concerns. That's fascinating because it shows essentially that, you know, if I'm Facebook and I'm seeing these questions, I'm starting to feel, oh God, we created a monster because now the board actually is going beyond its you know, uh, actual remit to assess the outputs and actually go to look at the machine itself and asking about the way that our algorithms work and our newsfeed works. So (laughs) I'm just kind of curious, like what your perspective is there, because it seems like the board is now trying to get into the actual mechanics of the way that Facebook, the platform works. And is this something we can expect more of? What I, what I can say on this is it's, it's just another proof for us that in order to make the best decision pos- possible, we need all the context. And if that context includes looking at what happened before January the 6th and how it happened, um, it, it, yes, I think uh, it should be, it should be discussed and that's what we are trying to do in that's why we also did not shy away from recommending the company, despite its unwillingness to respond to us. We recommended to the company uh, to conduct the assessment on what happened before January the 6th from a technical perspective, but also from a policy perspective. Um, and it's really this mm-hmm. dialogue that I find absolutely fascinating in helping the company evolve with its policies and how it deals with content and while protecting our freedom of expression. This open dialogue between the board and the company uh, will, yes, bring, I hope, some, some answers and a way, a way forward. I'm, I'm confident on that. Great. All right, Julie, I know we're over time. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, how can people get in touch with you or the oversight board, whatever you prefer? Well, I'm on Twitter, Julia Wano, and uh, uh, our organization is as well, Oversight Board, if at Oversight Board. Uh, we have a website, oversightboard.com, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yes, we also have a lot of cases coming up, and you are able to provide public comments. We have, uh, I'm not sure we've announced new cases yet, but we do have some very interesting cases, so please mm-hmm. do check them out. Come on, break some news. No, I'm kidding. I pressed you hard enough <laughs> over this conversation. So um, I, I really want to say thank you, Julie, for the um, really great answers and giving us some insight into this new process that I think is going to become 
more and more important as social media evolves. So I do appreciate that. Thank you to everybody for listening. We will actually be back tomorrow with our regularly scheduled episode. That's with Sridhar Ramaswamy, who is the CEO of Neva, a subscription search uh, company. He used to run ads for Google, and now he is creating a new search engine. No ads, but you pay to use it. It's a really interesting concept. So stand by for that tomorrow. Thank you again, as always, for listening. If you're at this point uh, and want to give us a review on Apple's uh, podcast or the podcast app that you use, that would be much appreciated. If it's your first time here and you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button. We come out with these conversations every Wednesday. And sometimes we do a bonus episode like today's and we'll just push the normally scheduled episode till tomorrow. Thanks again. We'll see you then. And uh, once again, it's been great having Julie on the show. We look forward to more of these type of discussions.